Good morning to you that are here. Good morning to the, those of you that are tuning in online. And if you're in one of the video overflows, uh, good to see you again. I'm really, really glad you're here. My name is Bill, and I, this last week I experienced a different type of community. And I love experiencing new types of community because sometimes in the crush and rush of everyday life, sometimes even though you're surrounded by people, do you ever feel a little lonely? There's even people that are next to you and, and you feel, and so those of you watching online in particular, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we had a Zoom prayer meeting. So a bunch of folks got online uh, to pray, and it happens every week at Fellowship, but uh, it was one of the first times that we had just a ton of people there who were praying. And I wanted to encourage you, digital community is legit. And so I want to encourage you, join us at our Zoom prayer meeting this Wednesday as we continue to rely on God for everything, as he knits us together, as he paves the way for the future. Uh, I wanted to make sure you knew about our Zoom prayer meeting. So I'll be there again this week. Would love to see you because we need all the community that we can get as we love, follow, and share Jesus together. You know, we live such fast-paced lives that sometimes we can outlive the pace of life together. Sometimes we can get so wrapped up in life that we miss out on community. Have you ever felt just a little bit lonely? Have you ever felt like, you know, there's just got to be something more? Today we're going to talk about community. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be together. So if you've come here and you find yourself lonely, if you're seeking for community, if you want to be a part of something bigger, uh, chances are you've probably already experienced several different kinds of community, right? There, there's no, no one that just lives life completely by themselves. In fact, uh, social psychologists, anthropologists, uh, psycho psychologists believe and recognize that humans have been wired. We are hardwired to crave community. Here's some of the characteristics of a community, if you want me to unpack. Uh, characteristics of a community, you've all been a part of a group that has shared values, right? The group shares values. Those are affinity groups. Uh, apps like Meetup, uh, Facebook groups, they're based on this very true fact of community, a shared value. Now, whether that shared value is cooking, going out to eat, board games, animals, whatever it is, a community has shared values, and those shared values bring people together to accomplish a common goal. And a common goal that everybody has in mind might be to have fun, but chances are you're involved in a community that has a common goal. It's called your job. Your job and the people you work with, you all have a common goal, don't you? People you work with, you have a common goal. It's to make money for the boss, right? <laughs> right? That's the common goal. Make money for the, for the company. That's your common goal that brings you together, all right? And in order to do that, you have to cooperate, at least when the boss is in the room, all right? <laughs> but you have to cooperate, don't you? And that cooperation of me learning from you and you learning from me and we're working together, we're accomplishing this goal because of our shared value that we all want to keep our jobs, <laughs> right? That knits together a community. All right, and as we cooperate, there's a level of social interaction, of talking, of emails, of messages, the online community of in the chat section, just typing in the chat section. That's interaction socially. 
And as we do that, there's what forms is a collective identity that as I participate in the shared values, the common goals, the cooperation, the social interaction, I start to identify as a part, as a member of this community. Now, whether it's an affinity group, something online, or your job, you've experienced this type of community, but you see, any community that's manufactured can quickly fall apart. No community lasts forever except for Jesus' community. You see, every community that we are passionate about, every community that we search for, just doesn't fulfill the deepest way that we are designed to live. The shared values of the group, well, it only takes one or two influential people to come in, change the minds of a minority that actually change the values of the whole entire group, and then you're no longer a part of that community. The common goal that the community has, as whenever that common goal is achieved or the common goal is thwarted, then the community dissolves. If you don't believe me, try not making profit in your job for a year and see if your community of employees stays together. <laughs> it, it, it'll dissolve, right? It's only as solid as the goals advance. Uh, the, the shared interests that everybody has, the social interactions, as much as we have social interactions, we find ourselves turning to these. And as we stare into the black mirror of social media, we find that social media isn't so social. Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought, oh, there's, just, there's something lacking in my, in my life or something... I think I'll get on social media just just looking at a couple posts, right? Just liking a couple things. And you get online, whether it's Insta or Be Real goes off or whatever, and, and you scroll through, and then you scroll through, and you scroll through, and you see it's been psychologically designed to steal your attention, but offer no satisfaction. That's why you scroll through after lunch, and then eventually you look outside and you're like, when did it get dark? Because we're not really fulfilled in community. You see, we're hardwired to be fulfilled by the type of community that Jesus provides. So today we're going to talk about what's so different about Jesus' community. What's so different about this community? And maybe you'd say, I don't know. I don't know what I think about the church or religion. Those aren't for me. Maybe they're not. But Jesus' community and Jesus, they are for you. Being a part of God's family is for you. So today, we're going to unpack the not-so-secret sauce of community as we love, follow, and share together. And then we're going to look at four unsurpassed impacts that Jesus has on our community. And no matter what community you've experienced, there is no community like Jesus' community. Amen? Amen. Amen, by the way, is just a a way of saying, do you agree? And you say amen, which means, yes, I agree. All right, because we are going to see as we get into the Bible, we're in a section of the Bible called the book of Acts. 
All right? And in the book of Acts, we see that God speaks to us in his word, and the way that it's formed, there's actually phrases that are repeated in five chapters in the book of Acts, and these five phrases that are repeated, it's Jesus' disciples that are gathering daily, and then Peter healing and preaching in the physical temple, and then facing persecution by religious, and then it all points to the very center of this, uh, which is the Jesus followers witness through action and through words. That's the big point of the next five chapters, all right? But today we're going to talk about this community, the disciples gathered daily. Disciples are followers of Jesus, all right? And so here's the not-so-secret sauce. You know what the not-so-secret sauce of this community is? Jesus, that's right, yeah. It's not so secret. They devoted themselves to Jesus, just look with me in Acts 2.42, all right? This is after Jesus has died, he's, resur- he's been resurrected, and then he goes back to heaven and he leaves his followers here. It says, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Devoting themselves to the apostles, the apostles were the original followers of Jesus that saw his death and experienced his resurrection, and they were sharing the good news of Jesus with everyone, and all of a sudden, their community started to grow and grow and grow. Like, thousands of people started being added to their numbers. This is the beginning of the early church. They devoted themselves to, the, to four things. Devoted means to uh, persist obstinately, Okay? to persist obstinately, to not let go no matter what. Like the heat and humidity this last summer in Dubai. <laughs> like no matter what, there's no escaping that commitment. The group devoted themselves. They said, we are all in on this. We're all in on four things, all right? So what about Jesus is the community devoted to? All right, what about Jesus? And this is good for us uh, as well as for them, all right? The first thing, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? The followers of Jesus, as Jesus taught them, they taught what Jesus taught them, and then they taught what other and people just taught what Jesus taught. Uh, and it, most likely, it had explanations of the nature of salvation. How does someone get in a right relationship with Creator God? The person and work of Jesus, uh, the commands of Jesus, the message of Jesus' kingdom, where Jesus is the spiritual ruler of his people, and then also other features of the Christian life. Uh, it was written down, and they started to experience it. And as it was written down, they, they found that this transforming teaching began to renew and shape the community. So they devoted themselves to the teaching. Why is that important? Because they devoted themselves. They had a shared value of listening to God when he speaks. God speaks, and they listen. God speaks, they listen. God speaks through what he's told us in his word, and they pass it on to the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. Right? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Second thing they devoted themselves to was the fellowship, the fellowship, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Uh, koinonia, it, it means mutual involvement in relationships, doing life together, all right? So uh, they valued one another. Koinonia, it's used for a fellowship that, of God's Holy Spirit that gathers people together 
When they eat together, they, they participate in things like the Lord's Supper or communion together. It's a, a sense of being welcomed. The Jerusalem church welcomed Paul and Barnabas. Uh, they gave them uh, the right hand of fellowship. They said, hey, come on, you're part of us. Uh, it involves sharing possessions. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is ours. And they shared possessions. This word and talks so much about this community. It's used 19 times in the Bible. And those 19 times paint a picture of a community that is radically formed by Jesus. If you want seven uh, ways, one per day for the next seven days, you can take a picture of this next slide, and it's ways that the word koinonia is used in the Bible, all right? You have sometimes when it's the subject of a sentence, other times when it's an object of a sentence, and if you don't care about a subject or object, that's fine. Just read the verses, all right? (laughs) But what you see is as you read, you start realizing, wow, Jesus' community is different, It's a community that's radically different. The people are committed not just to the community, but to the king of that community, to Jesus. That's why it says that they devoted themselves to the fellowship. You know that fellowship, church, we're called fellowship. Uh, We're not the only church that's called fellowship. And if you've ever tried to look us up on YouTube and just type in, you know, Sermon from Fellowship, uh, you'll realize there's so many other churches named Fellowship because God's church is bigger than just fellowship. We're, we're a part of uh, millions of other followers of Jesus around the world, right? But they devoted themselves to the mutual of doing life together, right? So they devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, koinonia. The, the third thing that they devoted, devoted themselves was eating bread together, literally breaking the bread together, eating the breaking of bread. All right, now, when it comes to bread, I'm so glad that they committed themselves to eating because I love bread. You love bread? Oh, man, I love bread. I feel like the last couple of weeks I've talked about bread a lot. No, I'm not, I'm not doing the low-carb thing, but I just love bread from all over the world. There's just, there's just something about eating bread together. And Pastor Barack, after one of our sermons, he's one of our site pastors at the other location. Pastor Barack said, oh, I know you talk about bread, but have you had chapati? <laughs> Apparently you have had chapati. And I said, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. He said, oh, that's because no one's made it for you. And this was a couple months ago that he came over to my house and he knew that I was, my wife was out of town and I was caring for the kids and the poor children just had to eat dad's cooking. So he says, I'm going to come over and I'm going to make you chapati. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. So he comes over and he has this, this iron skillet that is his mom's skillet from Kenya. All right. All the other family members want it, but he took it to Dubai. You know it's good when mama's cookware comes out. <laughs> All right, and so as he, as he oils it up and the oil's getting hot, he's making, he's kneading the dough and he's making the chapati and then he, he makes it all thin. He things it out and we're joking, we're laughing, we're sharing life and struggle. We're making chapati. The kids are out together making memories. It was a delightful community of realizing, wow, this is so special that we had a need and they came and, and fed us dinner. And as he's, he's making this chapati, he puts it on the, the mama's grill and as, as the grill is cooking, there's something about that grill that makes it taste so much better, all right? 
And so as he fries up one side and we're talking and he flips over and fries up the other side, it's golden brown and kind of puffs up a little bit. And then he takes it off and it's hot and he tears it in half and the steam rises from the, the top. <laughs> The only thing better than fresh chapati is the community of Jesus. <laughs> Woo, that was so good. But what was even better, what was even better was being able to share with my brother who came about struggles that I was having, to listen to struggles that he was having, to be able to do life together. And that was only possible because of Jesus. So they devoted themselves to breaking of bread together. Your translations might say either they devoted themselves to bread or the bread, uh, meaning is it just devoted to eating bread together or was it actually part of communion or the Lord's Supper, uh, the bread? At the time it was written, it probably refers to the Jewish tradition uh, of breaking bread and saying a blessing or a prayer at the beginning of the meal. Later on, after Acts was written, it refers to communion, the Lord's Supper, a very special meal remembering Jesus' death and resurrection. But you see, the beautiful part is they devoted themselves to eating together, realizing that just as bread nourishes the body, community in Jesus nourishes the soul. Just like we can't go weeks and months without eating, we can't go weeks and months without community together. We're not designed to be alone. They devoted themselves to remembering Jesus as the center of their community. So they, they devoted themselves to the teaching, the fellowship, the bread, and prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And prayer, as they were praying together, it's not like they were going and, and chanting things that didn't have meaning. No, they devoted themselves to praying together in conversation with God. In fact, many different people have many different definitions of prayer. So I looked up the definition of prayer. Let's just read this definition together. And if you're online, just read it out loud with us, all right? It says, we'll read it together. Prayer is an invocation or act that seeks to activate a rapport with an object of worship through deliberate communication. In the narrow sense, the term refers to an act of supplication or intercession directed towards a deity or a deified ancestor. <gasps> you didn't read it with me. <laughs> you know, prayer isn't technical and it's not complicated. Because of Jesus, we don't have to go to Wikipedia to define prayer. No, prayer, because of Jesus, prayer equals talking to God. Halas. <laughs> That's it. Prayer equals talking to God. Because of Jesus, because we have a relationship with Jesus, we can actually talk to God. We don't have to talk about him. We don't have to hope that he hears because of Jesus, because we believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are connected with God. Just look at the language Jesus uses. He says, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. In Romans, we're reminded that you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, that you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
Do you cry out to God as your father? Do you have that kind of relationship with him that when your heart is broken because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. That's prayer. Prayer is taking the broken hearts of his children and coming to him with the skinned knees and the scuffed up face from being face to face on the pavement of reality and coming to our creator saying, fix me, heal me, help me, and knowing that he hears us. Do you have that relationship with God? If you don't and you want to know more about Jesus and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, we'll have a team right over here that would love to talk with you, answer any questions that you have. Because of this community, we devote ourselves to what God has to say to us. We devote ourselves to the teaching. We devote ourselves to prayer and talking with God. We devote ourselves to, pray, to connecting with each other in the fellowship. We devote ourselves to life together, knowing the community is vital to who we are. And there is nothing like Jesus' community, the church. Amen? Amen, by the way, just means I agree. Uh, it means, yeah, do you agree? Amen? Amen. Do you agree? I agree, all right? So what we're, what we're going to see here is we're going to see unpack four unsurpassed impacts that Jesus makes in a community. That there, Jesus' community is unlike any other community you have ever experienced and will ever experience. All right, so number one we see is true and lasting amazement. True and lasting amazement. Acts 2.43 says this, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. The awe and wonder. Awe came upon every soul. So the first impact Jesus makes is true and lasting amazement. And let's say we live in a very awe-inspiring city, don't we? Man, if you've lived here for too long, you don't think it's that awe-inspiring, but just have someone come visit with you. They are in awe of how long the metro walk is from the metro to Dubai Mall. They are in awe as you see the, the huge aquarium inside of the mall. They're in awe at the gigantic TV screen that covers up half the aquarium in the mall. They are in awe at the world's tallest tower. Like, this is amazing. And if you've lived here a while, you're like, yeah, inside aquarium, tallest building in the world, pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and there's fountains too, yeah. And then as you drive them around, they're like, what? Are you kidding? Not only is it the tallest building in the world, it's the tallest Ferris wheel in the world. This is amazing. And if you lived here a while, you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing about human-made awe and inspiration is it has to be bigger, better, faster, or stronger than anything else in order for us to have awe. And then it quickly vaporizes, because we're always left looking for something else. When God is on the move in a community, a community of people's lives that have been transformed, not just now, but for all eternity, the awe never stops. When God is on the move, the community is filled with true and lasting awe. Number one, 
Number two, the second impact, unsurpassed impact, is voluntary, selfless living. Not something imposed on by a regime or, or some weird version of communism or socialism. No, this isn't something imposed on people. This is the desire of hearts that have been transformed. This is actually what's best for us is more important than what's best for me. The, the, what our community needs is more important than what I want. Look in verse 44, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. How much was in common? All things, yeah. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings, their stuff and their land, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Notice there's nothing wrong with people owning things and and having land or possessions. There's nothing wrong with that. But as a need popped up, the community met the need. As another need popped up, the community met the need. The thing about Jesus' community is that we are a community that meets needs, knowing that our greatest need has been met in Jesus. Now, they were selling their possessions and belongings. How does that settle with you here and now? Like, do you, does, do you think that's the same thing, that we share everything that we have in need, everything we have in common? You see a need, you meet a need. Do you, does that resonate with you? I have this, this old iPhone right here. The screen is kind of cracked. And Does anybody have the new iPhone 15, by the way? <laughs> There's something about it now that, that maybe it's lost in translation a little bit, but sure, we show up to church and we're like, oh, yes, yes, anything I have you need, I'd be more than willing to help you bet. And then we walk through the door of our homes and we're like, oh, my precious. <laughs> What if we were a community that said, wow, you know what? See a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. And we realized that the needs of others are more important than the desires of me. You see, we here at Fellowship, we care for thousands of people in this larger community. And the best way, if you have a need, is to go through what's called our care team, C-A-R-E, our care team. If you have a need, ask them. If you have surplus and you say, hey, I want to be a part of God meeting the needs of others, and you want to give to the care team, if you want to say, hey, if anybody needs a place to stay, anybody needs to borrow a car, if, if you have extra, meet the, talk with the care team because the care team are experts in sharing the resources of this large community right? because we see a need and we meet a need, and, and we, want to look, we want to be more like that. So we see that this... Voluntary selfless living is the second marker of Jesus' community. The third marker of Jesus' community is abounding in joy and favor. Abounding in joy and favor. Look what it says in verses 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. So notice that their time together was great. It was inspiring. It was encouraging. They had joy in that time, but also they experienced favor outside of the group with other people. Jesus' community that meets together is transformed by Jesus, then goes out into the world and has favor with others because of that transformation. Being with people who love Jesus shapes us to be more like Jesus, doesn't it? We need each other. A couple years ago, 
my family and I were at Carrefour at Maldi Emirates on a Friday night. It was packed. It was packed. I don't know what we were thinking. It was so packed, and we needed just a couple of things, and my kids were acting up, and so I turned to them, and I said, dearest children. <laughs> no, I didn't. I turned to them, and I was like, you got to be like, and I just started unleashing on them, and I was like, and you got to believe it. You can't believe that you're doing this. Hi, pastor. I knew they had heard me. I was not abounding in joy and favor. And I knew there was, there was no way. I said, hi, pardon me while I finish yelling at my children, then I'll get right back to you. And then I went back. I need this community so you can help me to be more like Jesus around my kids. I need you to remind me what Jesus looks like so that I can look like Jesus beyond Sunday into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We need each other to shape each other, remind each other what Jesus looks like so we can all be abounding in joy and favor. Next one is growth. Growth, a community, a healthy community is marked by growth. Healthy communities grow. Full stop. Healthy churches grow. Now, the degree and the amount that that church grows, that's up to God. But healthy things grow. Look how it ends here. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Healthy things grow. Healthy communities attract others who bring in others who bring in others. Who doesn't want to be a part of such a transformed community? These are just a couple of the faces of fellowship in our community. And if you're a part of another church where you've experienced community and you're just visiting, that's great. If you're a part of another Jesus community, awesome. If you're watching online and you just tuned in or you're watching later and you have another Jesus community, awesome. Because the community isn't a church with a name. The community is a church that worships the name above all names brought together by Jesus. If you don't have that community, if you haven't been transformed by Jesus, or if you have been transformed by Jesus and you are lacking that community, then I encourage you in this season to find a community. That's your application. Just find that Jesus community, whether, whether that's starting a relationship with Jesus yourself or it's finding other followers of Jesus. Find that community. Because even as you came here in taxis and metros and cars, you, you came down elevators, when you came into the lift, were you ready to find community? Or, or did you get on the lift and you're with other people from church and you're going, trying to connect on social media? <laughs> you see, we're going to apply this sermon right now. In fact, what I want you to do is to turn to someone around you, or if you're online, introduce yourself in the chat, and just find community. Introduce yourself. Get to know someone. Right now, where you are, someone you don't know. Ready? Go.
Online, are you typing? Wow. This is cool. Okay. Okay, stop talking, getting to know each other, all right? What excitement, all right? Now, raise your hand if you found someone new, right? Raise your hand if you met someone new. Online, just put up a hand emoji, all right? Raise your hand if you met someone new. Video over phone, look around, look at this. This is awesome. Now, the person that you met new this week, chances are very high, you may never see them again, and they probably won't be sitting next to you next week. <laughs> That's why we talk about small groups so much at Fellowship. That's why we talk about small groups, because four and a half thousand people, it's hard to do life together, but a group of eight to ten people every week, ah, that's when we start enjoying life together, right? If you are not a part of a small group, you are missing most of this community we're talking about. You're missing knowing people and being known. In fact, we make the application really easy for you to find a community. You just scan the QR code. Uh, click on uh, finding a group, and then you can sign up for a group that's right there. It's so easy. There's groups forming all the time. You're not going to be the only new person into the group. We have new groups forming all the time. All right, so scan the QR code, sign up. We also have uh, the codes outside in the entryway, same color. Scan those to find a group. Now, maybe you've already found a group, all right? Maybe you've already found that group and you say, this is great. Oh, yeah, I already applied this sermon. I know about community. Well, for you, the application isn't fine, but the application for you might be to unwind, to unwind. A lot of times when we enter church or we enter small groups, we come in and we say, oh, so good. Praise the Lord. So good to see you. Oh, good. Have my big old Bible. Oh, oh, it's so worn out. Look at this. Or sometimes when we're on our way to the group or to church, really, that's not, <laughs> that's the wound up version of us. The unwound real version of us is like, I can't believe we're going to church again. Why did you say this? I don't even want to do this. <laughs> Hi, good to see you. Oh, yes, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Yes. Oh, no, we're just wound up being fake. No. Or going to small group and, and saying, oh, you're on a small group, and you're like, I can't believe a small group. Those people, I can't stand those people, especially that one person. I hope they're not there. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So good to be here. Yes. Oh, hashtag blessed. <laughs> if Jesus has really transformed us in the deepest, darkest places of our life, we can be real with each other. What if we just we were to unwind, we were to be real? To say, hey guys, I brought my Bible to group, but I haven't even opened it and I don't know how long. You guys, I don't want to be here at small group. Can you pray that I stay? <laughs> but I know I need this community. Imagine how God would transform us as we were real and as we would, be, we would find a group, we would unwind in a group, that we could have other people remind us of the truth of Jesus. 
that other people could remind us. And if, if, if you are someone, you've already found a group and you've already unwound in a group, maybe for you it's just to remind others how Jesus has transformed our community. Remind others how Jesus has transformed us. Oh man, I'm really sorry. That's a hard spot that you're in. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be here last week, remember? <laughs> remember, but I'm really glad that I came. Or hey, I know you're, you're struggling reading the Bible. You know, the, the first thing to do is just, you know, it, it just starts with opening it up. <laughs> or just starts with, with an app or, or whatever it is. And you know, I'll pray, I'll pray for you. Don't mean to ask you about how your time with God is going. Whatever, we, we remind ourselves the truth that the good news of Jesus, the person of Jesus, doesn't just shape us once and then we live our lifetime, but the person of Jesus shapes us for a lifetime. And as we remind ourselves of God's amazing truth, we love, follow, and share Jesus together because we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to love, follow Jesus together as a, as a large group and in small groups. And I look forward to what God will do as we find, as we unwind, and, and as we remind each other, as we love, follow, share Jesus in a community. I look forward to what God will do in the future for his glory. Amen? Amen. We're gonna close today with singing a song that came from our community, a song that God gave our community. It's a song that we sing here. Maybe you don't know, but it's actually written here at Fellowship. And so as we sing this song, know that, that this is the cry of, of our heart together, being a community that's transformed by Jesus. Let me pray and thank God for teaching us in his word, and then we'll close by singing. Father, we thank you for this community of ours that, is yours, this community of brokenness that you have mended together. Father, this community of imperfection that you have made perfect through Jesus. We confess to you there are times that we try to fulfill that desire to connect in all sorts of ways that ultimately are unfulfilling. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, our Savior. Thank you for the empowerment of your spirit. Thank you for the church. And we thank you for your community that you have brought us into, your family. And Father, we cry out to you, Abba Father. We cry out to you knowing that you hear us and you meet us right where we are, not just individually, but as a community. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing.